Hi there. We welcome you to the Rush Hour Morning Show podcast. My name is Brian Rushing. The guy across the table's name is... Corky Franks. And check this out, Brian. I know everyone can't tune in Monday to Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. on WGNCRadio.com, 101.1 FM, or 1450 a.m. And that's why we have some great news for the listeners. That's right. You can now get our podcast on SoundCloud as well as Spotify and Apple Music. It's fantastic for you. We do the work. You get the enjoyment. So enjoy. Shut up and sit down. And we welcome you to Hour 3 on the Rush Hour Morning Show on this Tuesday morning, AM 1450, 101.1 FM. For those of you streaming, WGNCRadio.com, thank you for tuning in to the Rush Hour Morning Show with Corky and B. Rush. And with that, we'd like to bring on the head coach of the Garden-Webb Running Bulldogs baseball program, Jim Chester. Coach Chester, welcome back to the Rush Hour Morning Show. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Well, it's fantastic having you on. And sounds like in the background, you got a little bit of company with the birds chirping. Where exactly would you be this morning? <laughs> I'm just uh, walking to my office right this second. Just literally dropped my son off at daycare and uh, getting ready to rock and roll another day. Uh, getting on a bus here a little bit later, heading to North Carolina A&T today for a midweek. And, you know, got a, you know, a light workout tomorrow and then Back at it, another big, big South series starting on Thursday here at John Henry Moss Stadium. Well, now you mentioned that um, you've got, with it being Easter weekend, many, many series in college baseball are moving to Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Coach, does it does it really affect your rotation all that much to be short a day during the course of a weekend series? I'd say yes and no. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it kind of worked out for us. I mean, uh, we were really lucky to be involved in games last week on Friday and Saturday, um, where our, you know, we were we had them in hand early, so we could kind of really uh, monitor the pitch count. And, you know, I just I guess maybe for sanity, we we you know we had our Friday and Saturday guy go a little bit less, um, pitch count wise, just because they're on a you know they're on a one day less uh, routine. So I think it's a conversation. I think it's something coaches probably stress a little more about. The kids, I think, could care less. You know what I mean? Some of them would pitch every other day if you asked them to. Um, so I think it's more from a coach's standpoint, just making sure, you know what I mean, we're doing the right thing. No question. Now, the series that you had against Radford this weekend, I mean, certainly on Friday and Saturday, things were pretty much a best-case scenario for you on all sides of the baseball. Sunday got a little more taxing. You had some harrowing moments in that contest, but then Alec Burns comes up big again, getting the walk-off on Sunday afternoon. Kind of walk us through that ninth inning for us and how you guys were able to pull off the sweep against the Highlanders. Yeah, we, uh, you know, so... <laughs> You know, we, we played very well Friday and Saturday. And, and, and again, uh, you know, um, Rafford's got a young team and a new coach, and they're going to do really – he's going to do really well there. And, and and they made some mistakes, and we took advantage of it. And, I mean, that's that's baseball. But, uh, you know, it's just very difficult in a series to just, 
you know, have three blowout games. I mean, it's just, you know, division one baseball and they've got good players and, you know, they made an adjustment and, and, and they didn't use their best reliever um, in game one or two. So they went and started him on Sunday and they give Ty Burton a lot of credit. I mean, he got it out, I believe six innings and Kavis off balance and, you know, just did a really good job. And there we were in a dogfight. I mean, I, I kind of anticipated it, to be honest, um, that, you know, there was, you know, it just wasn't going to be a walk in the park um, on Sunday. But, uh, you know, luckily, um, you know, they've got a pretty good, another pretty good reliever, uh, uh, last name's Higginson, and, who came in on Friday. He came in on Saturday, and then he brought him back on Sunday. And uh, he's talented, but he's human. And we, kind of had an idea that we were probably going to get to him. At least I thought we would. That ninth inning kind of showed it. Curtis uh, Robinson stepped up and literally tied the game. Um, he hit a ball 384 feet to center field and right at the warning track. And then Mark Black had an outstanding at bat um, and walked on a 3-2 slider. Um, and then that set up the you know the heroics by Alec Burns, who had a, an unbelievable at bat. And, and got the three two and took and took some good pitches, even the strikes. Um, and you know the the reliever left a breaking ball up in his own hair, and Alex deposited over the fence, and we won the game. Had to be an exhilarating moment there at John Henry Moss Stadium. Now, coach, breakdown for people that have never been to a Gardner Webb baseball game in recent memory. Kind of share with folks the aesthetics that are going on out there at John Henry Moss Park and why you certainly believe it's one of the better yards in the Big South Conference, and I would certainly attribute that as well. This is truly one of the nicer yards in all of the Big South Conference. Kind of lay out the the topography of John Henry Moss Stadium. Yeah, sure. Um, I One of the things I think is really attractive is – and. You know, I've been really blessed here the last uh, 20 years to be around some ballparks all over the East Coast. I mean, from obviously, I'm telling you, as north as Maine um, and as south as Florida. And 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 I think the one thing in college baseball that, that that's you know, again, most places that you go, you know, you're not getting three, four, five, six thousand. You know, if if we were in East Carolina or some places like that, yeah, I, I, it's a little bit different of a of an animal, but for the most part, you know, we, we see about 500. Um, and what's really nice is we're really compact and we're really on the field. So, um, you know, I don't know what our, what our capacity was on Saturday, but we had a great crowd. I really, I mean, I mean, pretty full, pretty, pretty full and, um, right on top of you. And it gives it a great atmosphere. It really does. Now, again, there might not be 3000 people here, but there's a feel. I mean, there's a there's a really nice feel. So I think the way that our that our park set up is really nice in regards to that that end of things. Um, you know, we, we sit on the obviously the athletic side of campus, and um, you know we've been able to go full turf here in the last uh, about four years. Um, and the outfield is three years old, and the infield's on its second year, um, and it allows us to you know it, really do whatever we need to do and practice and. In, in play and, and not really have many interruptions in a lot of different ways. Um, our home dugout's been renovated in the last two years, uh, benches, rails, all those type of things. Um, we've also added Yacker Tech, which is a uh, data collection um, radar system that allows us feedback and development for our players on a daily basis, a game-by-game basis. It's, it's unbelievable um, what can that, that can do. 
Um, I truly believe we have a power five bullpen. Um, I mean that from just other places we played and being able to walk around and seeing what other people have to offer. Um, you know, we're four wide, three turf and one clay. Um, and then we have a, a section of our bullpen that's covered um, where we have 12 plyo stations um, and a turf area for guys to do what they need to do and grow and, and develop on a daily basis, even in inclement weather. Um, there's lighting, there's heat. I mean, it's just, it's an unbelievable space for, in my opinion, the most important part of the game needs to develop um, as far as it goes. Uh, you know, we're 330 down the lines, 360 in the left center gap, 365 in right center, 385 straight cent- straight away. Um, everyone always says, are we a pitcher's park or hitter's park? I mean, it all depends on what the good Lord does that day with those flags on top of the scoreboard. Yep. If they're blowing out, it's a hitter's park. If it's blowing in, it's a pitcher's park. So, um, yeah. Let, let me jump back to something. You, you've mentioned pitching several times. You talked about your bullpen. You said your guys want to. Yeah. Th- you said your guys, could, you know, they want to go out there and throw every day. You know, as as much as possible. You mentioned the pitch count. You know, major leagues just started up, and Brian and I were talking last week. You know, the starters going to go seventy five, eighty. You know, eighty two, eighty three, whatever pitches, uh, and then they're coming out. You know, years ago, guys used to go throw until they had Tommy John surgery. You know, and, and I guess well, they didn't even—they didn't even get Tommy John. There wasn't, you know what I mean? There wasn't yeah. no Tommy John. And then you know, situational pitchers started coming into play, and you, you know, you have relievers coming in. Now there's just so many specialized pitchers. But you see a guy like Sandy. Now, Contra come out and throw six complete games last year in the major leagues. Does that not make guys want to go a little deeper? I, I know it's, you know, you can't really go out and do that with college kids in February. But when do you start turning these guys loose, or do you turn them loose when the weather gets warmer? Or, or how do you yeah, protect it's, them? It's, it's, a weather, it's a weather thing. And, um, yeah, and you want to you kind of, you know, leave it some in the tank, you, you believe, for later in the year. I mean, look, that dynamics changed dramatically. I mean, and, and, it, and I think it changes a lot by level. and. You know, I think there's a lot of guys are trained. I mean, listen, every kid is now starting at whatever age to throw as hard as they can. You know what I mean? I think I really believe the good Lord puts X amount of bullets in everybody. Um, and, you know, I think that, you know, when that some guys are built, to, you know what I mean? Maybe have more, more than others and do different things. And, you know, I think that, you know, the arm longevity, strength, wear and tear i mean I, I think it's a little more probably beat up by the time they get to us than it has been in other years that that's my opinion based off the training the drive line that you know and it, it, it's not you know we could we could talk forever about it but you know now guys throw weighted balls to strengthen their arm and speed it up right you know you you and i threw rocks yeah you know and did this when we were kids or you threw football or you know it, it's just a different way of doing it in a lot of ways um so, again, to answer your question, I mean, I think everybody's built different and, and you can let guys go a little longer as it warms up and their arms conditioned to, to do what they need to do. But I was just telling our pitching coach and someone else the other day, you know, it wasn't that long ago I was a Division three head coach. And, I mean, to play midweek games, we, we our starters on the weekend, would, would they would throw their bullpen during the midweek. I mean, they would pitch. They'd throw an inning or they'd throw 35 pitches or whatever. I mean – Never had a problem then, you know, and but now it, it's a it's a different animal now. That's not just here; that's everywhere. It's everywhere, yeah. It's everywhere. Coach Jim Chester here with us on the Rush Hour Morning Show. Now, Coach, it wasn't everything on the field this weekend. You were able to actually celebrate a win for the 
baseball program that had nothing to do with what happened for nine innings. You actually had an opportunity to unveil the new practice facility, the hitting area back behind the stadium. Kind of share with that what that was like. I knew that you had talked about it was under construction when you first came on. Tell us about what you like about it. Tell us about how it came about and kind of share what it's going to be like for folks when they come out the first time to the ballpark to see the facility. Yeah, game changer. Um, uh, I'm trying to – I'm probably going to sound like a proud dad bragging about his son, you know what I mean, because it's – this this one here was kind of my you know my baby, with a lot of help with people on campus, um, and uh, it's 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 a game changer. I mean, you walk in, it's impressive. It's a hundred by hundred uh, facility. Um, it's got four cages in there uh, for guys to come in with you know tea work. We have machines in there. We've got a setup there for twenty four seven access and development. It's uh, unbelievable. Um, we also have our weight room in there. We have six racks set up um and along with a, an area for mobility uh speed um just 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 such a, a space for for our guys to do what they need to do and develop on a daily basis and um i just couldn't be more excited about where what the future in regards to player development's headed with something like this and it's because it's hard listen we only get so many hours a day with these guys and you know when you get into the season you're traveling school everything going on i mean we're not out here, you know, banging 7,000 ground balls at guys on off days. You know what I mean? They've got to rest. And now, now I mean, you know, it's 8, 9 o'clock at night, and, and, you know, they got done with their homework, and they need to release some stress and, you know, help with some mental health or whatever it could be and, or, you know, get back. They go up and take 200 swings. It's invaluable where we did not have that opportunity in the past. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, you, you mentioned that. I mean, for, for college baseball players, they really are creatures of habit. You, you wouldn't necessarily think that putting that type of work in, in addition to all the practices, the games, the travel, so on and so forth, can actually be really beneficial to you. But, Coach, it really is for a baseball player much of the things, a, a lot of the big picture thinking that they do in life, a lot of the times, is done in places like batting cages and bullpens. Can you kind of share about that? Yeah, and, and listen, I, I, I again, my 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 story's not 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 interesting, but 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 I can share. I mean, when we spoke about this, maybe the last time I was on there, it was you know in or two times before when we had our first pitch celebration. I mean. Sean, Sean Casey, who, who we spoke about on the show um, and is a, was a, uh, obviously an outstanding Major League Baseball player, sat in front of 300 people and explained to everybody about, yeah, I went to the University of Richmond. I had a good coach. I had people that cared about me. There was no doubt about it. But I made it to the big leagues because I outworked everybody. And when everybody was going and doing this or doing that or whatever, I was in the cage. I was in here. I was doing this. I got an extra lift in. I got this. I did that. He's like, and, and I don't mean to be egotistical, but I put the work in. And I and it was when nobody was watching, and it was outside of the realm of what the team did. I went above and beyond. Player development is a two-way street. I mean, it's definitely – there's a coach piece to it, but it's also a piece to having resources and facilities to and have that, you know – self-motivation to want to be a great player and it's that piece is just as important as 
the exit velo or the 60-yard dash or whatever it might be. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's – I mean, it, it's game-changing for us. It's game-changing just to see the activity because I can see the building. I can see it right now outside my office, and I – you know, not that I'm here with binoculars checking who's going in every sure day. Sure you're but, not. Sure you're not, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> I can see footprints, you know what I mean? I, I, you, you, you know you know who's up there, and, and, and again – it's like a good problem. I just, you know, when I'm walking in today, I could see the lights were left on last night. And that's okay. We'll handle the bill. But I know people were in there using it. And so, I mean, it's encouraging for me that we've got the right guys getting off the bus. Jim Chester here with us on the Rush Hour Morning Show. Coach, I got, I've got one final question myself for you. Sure. I, I know that you guys – really want to convey the tunnel vision approach as it relates to today, our focus is North Carolina A&T. Tomorrow, our focus is preparing against UNC Asheville. The next three days after that will be UNC Asheville. And day to day to day, you keep on marching. However, I'm not a player. I'm certainly not a coach. I can venture into other things that I'm sure you may at least have some vision of moving forward. As you get into your May schedule, Corky Franks brought this up, and this is this is a pretty telling thing. Your May actually starts at the tail end of April when you make a trip to Atlanta, Georgia, to take on Georgia Tech. From a coach's perspective, looking at the 30,000-foot view, how important is it to have this club clicking on all cylinders as you start to turn the calendar over into May making your preparations for high point in the later part of that month. It's no secret. And it's what we've been speaking about since August. Um, you know, our goal is to play our best baseball at the end of this month, you know, in moving through the month of May, it's not, it's not, I, there was no interest in peaking against Ryder or Michigan state or, you know, any of the other, uh, you know, St. Bonaventure early in the year. I mean, those were all pieces to the puzzle to figure out, you know, how we're going to move forward and how, you know, how are we going to align everybody inside that clubhouse that's going to help us win games. So that that's the goal. Um, at the end of the day, it's, you know, we want to win the big South tournament to do that. We've got to, we've got to play our best baseball that weekend. So yeah, we're really, really gearing up and we're trying to, we want to stay healthy we want to keep the guy. We want to keep the club in a good place. We want to continue to grow um, in all facets of the game, and um, you know, be ready to play our best baseball. Again, I'm not running out here telling guys must win, must win, must win. No, we want to play our best baseball going in towards the end of this month through the whole month of May. And I think uh, you know we've got some good things on the horizon if that can happen. Well, Coach, if, if you allow me to follow up, I, I know that – I mean, you've got a very daunting stretch of games in early May at the tail end of April. You've got Georgia Tech in Atlanta. Then you've got USC Upstate in conference play along with Campbell a weekend later. And now you're going to mix in Duke and North Carolina at the same time. I mean, you're spending as much time in the Atlantic Coast Conference as you are in the Big South Conference. That's going to be a really meat grinder stretch, and that's before you even get to the final weekend against Charleston Southern. Coach, if you're looking to test your squad, you've mission accomplished. You're going to really be testing your squad at these final 11, 14 games of the season. 
Yeah, let's do it. I, it sounds good to me. It sounds like a plan to me. I uh, I don't think we have, I, you know, the group we have is ready to do that. And I think it's, you know, I, I know one thing, you know, um, you know, the plan and the goal is to qualify for the Big South Tournament. And um, I feel like uh, we've got a team that can do that. And I know one thing, when we open up that first game and throw that first pitch in that tournament, I know one team is going to be certainly be battle tested and especially, you know, going to be battle tested in, you know, really recently through that tournament. And that's, that's the Gardner Webb running Bulldogs. Well, coach, we thank you so much for your time this morning. Best of luck tonight against North Carolina A&T. And as you move forward, getting closer and closer to the tournament at Truist Point in High Point, North Carolina. Coach, thank you so much for your time. No, thank you so much. Always a pleasure, and uh, thank you for everything that you do. All right. Have a great day. Folks, when we come back Take on care. the other side of the break, we'll get to the bottom of the hour as we continue on here with this Tuesday morning on the Rush Hour Morning Show. We'll be right back. We thank you for tuning in to this Rush Hour Morning Show podcast. Don't forget you can find us Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. on WGNC AM 1450, 101.1 FM. You can even stream the show on WGNCRadio.com. Until we're back with you with the next podcast, enjoy your day. We'll see you next time.